Uh, we were born with about 100 billion brain cells, which is roughly the number we have as adults. So if those were all quote unquote wired talking to one another, we would come out doing what we do as adults. I'm Leon Guidry, and this is the Brother Be Well podcast, brought to you by Elevate Youth California and funded through Proposition 64. Get ready for real talk on effective solutions for mental health and sustainable wellness for boys and men of color. Listen up, brothers. Hi, I'm Michael P. Coleman, content director for Brother Be Well. I want to welcome you to a production called How to Be a Man. We sit down across a couple different generations and talk about a variety of topics that are of concern to boys and men of color, youth, teenagers, adults. We, we try to cover everything here, but it's more of a mentoring time. Younger, older folks can talk to the young folks about what, what little we might have learned on our journeys and how we might be able to help. Today's topic alcohol abuse prevention. And we do this particular series right along with our colleagues over at the Hawk Institute. They do some amazing mentoring right in our public schools. And so a representative from Hawk Institute is with us, Jonathan Murray. Let me introduce you to him right now. Jonathan, how's it going? How's it going, Michael? Glad to be here. Really good to have you here, man. Always good to see you. We've also got Dr. Carlos Martinez. He's with hearyou.org. He's an associate marriage and family therapist. Dr. Carlos, how are you, sir? Good. Thank you. Happy Thursday. Happy is really is it Thursday already? I think it's Wednesday. Happy you're Wednesday. Ahead of yourself there. Whatever day you're almost, watching this, that's what day it is. It's almost Christmas. <laughs> what do you know? And then we've got a youth uh, participant, Mustafa Alzwaini. Hey, Mustafa, how's it going, man? I'm doing phenomenal. Thanks for having me here. Really good to have you. Let's talk about, we're going to see a couple of videos in a minute, and we've got an extra special speaker that's going to join us in a second. But I wanted to check in with all of you and talk about alcohol use prevention and get all of your perspectives. Start with you, maybe, Dr. Colors. I feel like I lean on you a lot as our mental health practitioner. Why is this topic so important? Why is it something that we need to be talking about on a platform like this? Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks. Um, it's, it's important because it consumes a lot of people. Um, you know, maybe some who are listening, maybe some who are here right now. Uh, and it's uh, for, for the youth and, and youth of color. It's, 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 it's kind of cultural where we, you know, tend to dabble in alcohol or even other types of substances. And more so with the mental health aspect is because our brains really don't stop growing until roughly 25, 26 years old. So if we start at an early age, it's messing up the chemicals even more, and it can cause a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jonathan? You're a mentor. You deal with young people. I, I almost don't want to ask, but I would bet that you've mentored some young people that are already um, in their young lives struggling with alcohol um, dependence, if not addiction. What, what are your thoughts about this topic as an important one and one that needs to be discussed? Yeah, some, some you know, what I've noticed with some of the youth, they probably started, you know, partnering out with some friends and started drinking and it became something more of social, you know, and being a peer pressure, something they probably didn't want to do, but they was pressured into doing it with some of their friends. So basically talking to them is not being a follower and being a leader and try to do your own route. Don't don't try to be what everybody else be. That's more prevalent. What a lot of them do is try to follow. 
And, and we're going to get into that a little bit. There's some some biological, some chemical reasons that make it really easy for young people to follow their peers. Uh, our special guest is going to walk us through some of that in just a second. Appreciate it, Jonathan. Mustafa, what are your thoughts? You're our youth contributor. Everything we're doing here is all about you guys in a lot of ways. What are your thoughts about youth and, and alcohol abuse? Youth well, abuse? I mean, I stay away from alcohol or any type of drug for myself. I mean, not only just for my health benefits as well as my future. Um, I know if I pick up any alcohol or give into peer pressure, I basically run my future, my own self. Uh, sometimes, I, I don't know, I usually get addicted easily to things. So I know myself wouldn't be able to handle alcohol very well. <laughs> mm. um, I, I would think I would be an addict to alcohol and uh, uh, I would probably ruin my life i probably ruin my education and not focus on my studies as well as health wise wow wow i appreciate you being so transparent uh mustafa and talking about that most most people we i just did a session on stigma and how younger people are less reticent to just put it out there and the way you said i'd probably be an alcoholic i'd be an addict if i did it that that takes a lot of bravery and somebody my age really admires that that candor and that bravery on your part really appreciate it Let's take a look at the first of our two videos. We've got a video entitled Teen Health, Substance Use and Abuse. And, and it's just a couple of minutes long. And coming out of that, I'm going to introduce you to um, our special guest for the day who's going to help us unpack a lot of uh, detail with regard to alcohol uh, use and abuse prevention, especially as it relates to young people. But let's take a look at this video. It's just a couple of minutes and we'll be right back. Understanding Substance Use and Abuse Misuse of substances like alcohol and drugs is a growing problem in the U.S. And teens and young adults are most at risk, with half of all new drug users being under the age of 18, and one in five high school students having abused prescription drugs. Additionally, one-third of high school students currently use alcohol, 23% use marijuana, and 22% use all forms of tobacco combined. Decision-making in teens involves a chemical called dopamine in the brain's reward center. Dopamine helps transmit signals in the brain that make people feel happy. The number of brain receptors interacting with dopamine is higher in adolescence than at any other time of life. That means that when a teen is exposed to a reward, such as a compliment, the reward center reacts more strongly than it would for an adult. Also, being with friends increases the sensitivity to rewards and makes the already sensitive reward system even more sensitive. Feeling rewards more strongly and responding more intensely to what peers may think means that there are biological reasons for why teens sometimes decide to do things with their friends that they would never do on their own. This can be positive by encouraging friends to take on new challenges, but it can also lead to dangerous decisions such as drug and alcohol use. Drug use and abuse can contribute to harmful short- and long-term health risks. In fact, drug abuse can have long-term effects on a developing teenage brain. MRI scans of the brain have shown that people who have been using drugs for a long time have a smaller prefrontal cortex than people who have not been using drugs. The prefrontal cortex is the area where decision-making occurs. Drug use can result in poor grades, memory loss, and social problems. A lot of us have an idea about what a person dependent on drugs looks like. 
However, anyone can suffer from this type of addiction. Addiction doesn't depend on income, job, age, race, or color. It is a disease of the brain that can happen to anyone. Drug dependency is when a person consumes alcohol or drugs regularly, despite the fact that it causes issues in their life and relationships with others. Get help if you need it. Encourage your friends to get help too. If you or someone you love is struggling with drug use or abuse, call 1-800-662-HELP or visit www.easyread.drugabuse.gov. A lot of information there, and, and we're going to unpack it with our special guest for the day, Lisa Fredrickson. Hey, Dr. Carlos. Uh, hey, Jonathan. And Lisa Fredrickson is joining us. Lisa is our substance abuse expert here. Lisa, or we and I, for you guys, we had this conversation. Lisa and I have talked a couple of times getting ready for this. We both decided earlier today we could talk about this for a good four hours. And just in watching that video, Lisa, welcome, I should say. Welcome, Lisa. I didn't say that right up front. Great to be here. Thank you. I'm going to let you have the stage for a second. You're the founder of BreakingTheCycles.com. Talk about a little bit. I've got some notes that we'll get into a little bit later because I, I, in that third viewing of that video, I took down a note about the size of a portion of the brain being a different size for people who are addicted than not. So I can't wait to get into some of the, the biological uh, underpinnings of, of uh, alcohol addiction, especially as it relates to young people. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about it, Lisa? Sure. Um Sort of the basis of understanding this is just a little bit of an overview of how the brain uh, wires, maps, and develops. So briefly, um, the brain, uh, we were born with about 100 billion brain cells, which is roughly the number we have as adults. So if those were all, quote unquote, wired, talking to one another, we would come out doing what we do as adults. So it's in utero and then through, as was previously said, around 22 on average for girls, women, but 24, 25 on average for boys, men, for the brain to complete its developmental processes. Um, influencing that development are genetics, um, uh, social environment, trauma, stress, and a number of things play into how those connections are made. But tying this now specifically to drugs and alcohol, um, the way the cells in the brain talk to one another and then to and from others throughout the body via the nervous system is through what's called an electrochemical signaling process. And the electrical part of that is the, is the, um, the, 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 the message. And that shoots from one neuron down an extension. And at the end are neurotransmitters. Those are the chemical portion. And they convert that signal into something that can float what's called a synapse, the small gaps between extensions, so that it can then bind to receptors on the incoming. And that receptor converts it back into an electrical signal, which then carries the message to the next neuron. And that firing goes on and on and on. Mm. Depending on where those neurons are located in the body or the brain is what influences our behaviors. So part of our brain is the reactionary part of the brain, the limbic system, where we have fight or flight, pleasure, reward, pain, and emotion. Out here is our cerebral cortex, where we have kind of not only higher learning, but hindsight, judgment, cause and effect. If I do that, that could be a problem, I better not, type thing. And then down at the base, we have our cerebellum, which is our motor movement. But particularly um, along the way, the, the social environment plays into it, genetics, you know, that's a big piece of how a brain uh, 
goes together. Um, but I want to talk about the onset of puberty as um, they were talking in that video briefly. Do, should I keep going? Am I absolutely? Going? No, okay. no, absolutely. Yeah, please. So puberty is, let me just back up. When these connections are being made and then repeatedly made, the brain creates maps so that we don't have to hook them up every time. So as I said, when we come out, you know, we can't do much of anything. And it's all based on what connects after that. But we are born with some instinctual wiring processes at birth, like the fight or flight stress response, which is what allows an infant to cry so that it lets us know it's under stress, which means I need something. But also um, pleasure reward and the onset of puberty. We don't decide that's built into being human. And it happens at around 12 Puberty, then what that does is amps up stress hormones, sex hormones, enhanced levels of certain neurotransmitters like they were talking about dopamine, which is our pleasure reward. It's also memory, motivation, some of these other connections. Remember, all these connections need a chemical messenger and receptor. So mm. um, so that enhanced up was designed, if you will, for three key reasons, because early humans had an average lifespan of about 25 years. So that meant mom and dad were dead when the species went into puberty. And so what's going on in the brain at, at that time are not only the changes to drive the species to have the physical body capable of reproducing, but also hormonal changes to make the species want to have sex so that it did have sex. So reproduce was number one. Next was to take risk and turn to your peers. Because at that time, mom and dad are already dead. If the species didn't have those instinctual processes built in, you know, it would have been very difficult to continue. So that onset of puberty then is what, when you have these, our kids, they start in fifth grade, maybe in elementary school, and then they end up in middle school with three levels of kids who are at some stage of puberty, some haven't even started, and all of them are going through this. And in today's world, you throw in social media and how we can be so influenced by things that certainly in my generation, we didn't we didn't have pushing us to to what we what we should be or, or do. But that if your friends are doing it, you might think that that's what you're going to do. But it might not work in your brain the way it might work in your friends for a while anyway. And mm -hmm. so. Uh, the more we practice these connections, the more they will map and they get wrapped in a, a tissue called myelin to make a default so we don't have to hook it up. So with this onset of puberty at around 12, take risks, turn to your peers, reproduce. It's not till around 16 that the part of the brain we need for, whoa, I shouldn't do that. Okay, I'll take what they say. You know, I'm not going to do that is or you know that's more accessible doesn't really start to come on board till around 16. So I give the example of having giving your 12-year-old the keys to the car and say go practice for the next 4 years so you're good and ready to take your driver's test at 16. We know that brain couldn't do it 12 13 14 15 and yet the brain is designed to do these other risk-taking behaviors you know mm -hmm. the, the 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 reward or the excitement for there's no thought to the consequence they don't have that part in place to help them make you know uh, appreciate what we're trying to help them do so until they have the experience and the memory mapped there's no kind of point of reference and that's why it's so hard for parents to talk with our children and, you know, expect that they're going to go along with what we tell them when their friends are telling them something else. 
So that piece then coming on at 16, that's the breaks. But that long-term hindsight judgment, cause and effect, takes until around 24, 25 on average for boys, men, and 22 on average for girls, women. So it's that lag time. And then what happens is if they're, say, there's bullying or there's uh, dysfunction in the home or the community, and maybe that puts you more in the stress response area, and then you start to get that action, you know, how you react to that and what soothes stress but substances. So it's a big, um, it's a, it's a, not a complicated, but for me and, and the and the youth that I work with and the parents of youth that I work with, it's such a, um, we understand it's not them. It's not that yeah. not a real person. We need mentors like what you're doing that can help them, you know, hold on <laughs> and, and helpfully, hopefully, un- helpfully, hopefully when we understand, when they understand what's happening to them, um, you know, that they're not bad and, I'll stop, but I would like to come back to this idea of stress. So I'll stop here so you can. <laughs> Just for one second, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it on you in a second, Lisa. I hope we haven't lost Mustafa because you touched on so much there related to you. Hey, Mustafa, how's it going? You touched on Lisa so much. And, and incidentally, thank you for, I was never, um, I got good grades in science, but I had to work really, really hard at them as opposed to English and speaking and all of that. So I appreciate your being able to translate some pretty dense biological information to, so that someone like I can get it. So thank you, first of all, for that. You touched on something, and you didn't use the, the phrase, I don't think, peer pressure, but you talked about it. You talked about the influence that your the, the, your peers, if you're a youth, can have on you. And, and in an earlier conversation we had, I know we talked about it, how it's easy youth are wired to to want that feedback from peers. Mm-hmm. And they want to, they, they like that that compliment or that positive affirmation as we get older, as I just understood from you, other parts of our brain develop and we don't need that quite as much. Correct. But as a parent, I'm a parent of of two now adult children. That peer pressure piece can drive a parent crazy. And you want to just say, don't listen to those people. But from what you're telling us, they can't help but do that. They're wired that way as part of biology. Is that accurate? That's what puberty was designed to do was take risk and your peers because there was no adult to run interference for you. Um, I wish I'd have had you on in my back pocket when I was raising a girl. <laughs> I wish could I have helped me. My girls. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Brother Be Well podcast. I'm Leon Guidry. This project is supported by Elevate Youth California and funded through Proposition 64. We're all about reducing disparities, preventing substance abuse, and ending prolonged suffering. Be sure to subscribe to our blog and join us next time. Keep it moving, family.